screams on me. <laughs> Pera Rangitawa is the resident kuia at the National Museum in Wellington, Te Papatongarewa. On Waitangi Day, she received her moko kauwai, a traditional Māori tattoo on her chin. Now, during the session, she was surrounded by her whānau, who, to ease the pain, sang Waiata Māori. They rubbed her feet and basically comforted her. Now, there was a bit of a media frenzy too when her tāmoko was completed. So I spoke with Shane Teruki, no Ngāti Maniapoto me Ngāti Pro, who explains here why Pira is an example to her whānau that tāmoko is part and parcel of being Māori. Uh, kia ora, um, kia ora Shane. So what, what just happened a few minutes ago? We've just seen the completion of uh, Pera Rangitawa, the kuia here, the resident kuia here at Te Papa, who chose to get her moko kauai, uh, all that the Tainui exhibition has done and brought about not only uh, for the tribe and for our king, but also uh, for herself. Uh, her and her family have seen the culmination of many years of walking upon a pathway come to this point in which uh, she has chosen to to take this part of her journey uh, as one of our mōkuya and in doing so has opened the way for her daughter to also have her moko done uh, later today. Yes. Would they get, do you think they would get different patterns? They'll get different patterns. They're different people, different patterns. And also going forward, uh, you know, creating a situation of normality for her family, for her nephews and nieces and mokopuna, to know that this is normal for us. This is the way it was, and this is the way it can be again. That our traditions will uh, return to us, as will our reo, as will our tikong on the marae, our kawa, etc., be strengthened by this move of this kui. Mm. And uh, so it's been completed with prayers said by the family, prayers uh, that began at uh, the side of Wernku this morning, and prayers again here on the marae to usher in this, this particular uh, event significant moment and then of course the singing that went on for the entire period but also making mention of the closing prayers that finished this as we began and then enabling her to rise from from out of the depths of Te Kore and Te Po back into Te Aumarama into the world of, of the living and to speak to us Kia ora, Shane. Now I'm just going to sort of put, put, put yourself on the spot. How long did it take for you to want your moko? Yeah. Uh, so as a child, one of my earliest memories was, you know, and once was to have a moko. Because your, your no, whanau? No? no, no family members. I just remember looking at our... And our uh, Fakapao Koko to Fakapao Koko and our Tupuna Fare at uh, within Ngati Unu, Ngati Kahu at the Marae of Te Kopua. And just seeing those lines and remember tracing those lines with my fingers on my, on my face. And, yeah, and seeing those in dreams and then that grew to the point that 
decided and had the ability to uh, and the expertise available to get it done. And it was more of a case of I could not not have it done, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. Just little questions that I've had in my mind, um, Shane. You know, when, when a woman wears uh, moko whakatehe, mm-hmm. can she go to a pub and have a drink and light up a cigarette? There are many people who say, no, no, you can't do this, no, no, you can't do that. Yes. Our lives are not held back by moko. Our lives are increased by it. And when you consider our ancestors, who were out there doing everything and anything with all their moko, legs, arms, faces, backs, everywhere, they were out there doing things that we don't do, that we at this stage might consider horrid or unbecoming. They waged war, they raided villages, they went out and you know, they did all sorts of things. They also went to the pub, you know, once the pubs became available. You know, there was all, there's all, there's no place that Moko hasn't been and won't go. Now, that might be a revelation to some people, but for myself, it is not something that holds us back. It is something that marks where we have come from, who we are, and where we're going. We are all individuals. And uh, our way ahead will be a personal journey. Mm. What I do is up to me. What she does is up to her. And uh, it's not the individual bits of our journey. It's the sum of the things that we do. It's the sum of things that we do. Here is a woman who walks a good path anyway. And I'm not too bad, but I enjoy doing the things that I enjoy as part of my whakangahau, as part of my whakanoanoa, if you like, uh, part of my downtime. I don't hold myself back from anything. I like going to concerts. I like going to the movies. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I like, you know, there's a whole range of things yeah. we like. As part of the Te Papa Waitangi Day activities, Shane also delivered a kōrero think before you ink. Tonight, part one features... When the treaty was signed, many of the chiefs of the day signed their name with a piece of their own moko. That is, some parts of the tattooing design on their faces or on limbs, they took that and they used that as their signature to the treaty. Today, We use our moko to mark who we are, where we've come from, and where we're going in our lives. And I'll talk about that a little bit more as we go along. But one of the key things we wanted to talk to you today about is think before you ink. Now, for those of you, and I can see you're all thinking about it now. (laughs) You're thinking about getting some work done. Well, maybe there's a few things we should think about before we go down that road. And one of the reasons we wanted to bring this up is that we've seen far too many uh, people get an idea and decide they want to run out and get themselves a moko. Where do you start? Who do you go to? Uh, and those are some of the things we'll cover off today. As well as having a small overview about Tamoko itself. 
we know that the art of Tamuho, from the Māori perspective, is a sacred act. Why is it sacred? We consider that the body and the body fluids are personal to each person. They are a gift handed down from our ancestors. We are essentially inherent all our bits and pieces from our ancestors, from our mother, from our father. So they're not just necessarily ours. And in that, we see these things as being sacred. The art of Tāmoko is ancient. These are some of the, just to give you an idea, some of the ancient patterns that we believe uh, were common uh, when Cook arrived. And you'll see there's some very simple patterns, nothing like some of the most more ornate patterns that we have now. But the origins of Moko are ancient. They are before this land. They are of, of the Polynesian islands. Where exactly? We can't say. But we do have a tradition here in Aotearoa, amongst many of the tribes, of two ancestors, deities or gods, if you like, both brothers, twins, Roake and Roiho. These two twins, like brothers and sisters in some cases, were well-known uh, sparring partners. That is, they spend most of their day fighting each other, as young men do. Uh, fighting in play, but also in their own arguments between each other. And the beginnings of tamoko, or the beginnings, the first and earliest beginnings of tattooing began with them. With these two brothers in their fighting and in their wrestling, cut each other by accident, or by purpose, we don't know, and certainly scratched each other. And in their tussling around on the beach in which they lived, on the island somewhere, maybe in Tahiti, or maybe in Samoa, they rolled into the ashes of a dead fire and found themselves with that ash uh, entering into their wounds and into the cuts, and those cuts and wounds stayed, and those marks were permanent. And that's the beginning, the earliest beginning of the Tamil. It was then perfected over time until the time of an ancestor well known amongst the tribes of New Zealand, uh, a tupuna, an ancestor by the name of Uetonga, who came from the islands. He wasn't Māori. He may have been Tahitian or Hawaiian or, or one of those extractions. And for those of you who don't know, those are our immediate relations. So all of us who are Māori here in New Zealand, uh, we're the same people, we're Hawaiians, we're Tahitians, Samoans, the people of, uh, of the Polynesian islands that stretch in all directions, even to Rapa Nui, to, to Easter Island. We're all the same people. We all speak different languages, but the root language and our traditions are pretty much the same. And so our traditions of Tāmoko, of uh, tattooing, came from the islands. Perfected, as we know, amongst the tribes, by another people. And of particular interest to us was one ancestor called Uetonga, whose people and whose island uh, had perfected the art of tattooing, whereas other parts of Polynesia uh, used paint, body paint ochres, red and blues, 
and white and other colors to adorn their bodies. The problem is when you're seafaring folk, if you get wet, it washes off. Whereas the people uh, to whom Uetonga belonged had perfected the art of tattooing and this was a strange and beautiful sight to many of the peoples of the Pacific. Then came a man by the name of Mataura. And amongst the uh, tattooing fraternity, he's famous. He's famous for being the ancestor, Maori ancestor if you like, from the islands, who went in amongst the people of uh, in amongst Uetonga's people and married Uetonga's daughter. He married her and took her back to his own people. But marriage didn't go well and he mistreated her by chasing after someone else. So she left him and returned back to her home island where her father was. Mataura, seeing the folly of his way, chased her across the Pacific until he came to his father-in-law's country. And it was there that he saw the extreme beauty and the permanence of tattooing. And it was there that he begged his father-in-law to return his wife to him. And it was there that the father-in-law said to him, lie down. And upon lying down, uh, Uetonga took up the mallet and the chisel, which were the traditional ways of, of tattooing. And taking up the, the, the mallet and the chisel, he began to carve the skin of Mataura. He carved it deeper than it had ever been carved before. I think there was a bit of vengeance going, and you're not doing that to my daughter again. But he also tattooed him in such a way that the lines were perfect, that it was of such great beauty in order to turn the head of his daughter back towards her husband. And it worked. So both husband and wife returned amongst the husband's family. And in that return, both the art of Tamoko spread across the Pacific and came here to Aotearoa, and also the wife, Niwareka, and her sister, Arukutia, were also the women who brought the art of raranga, of uh, weaving, and the art of whatukākahu, the art of cloak-making, throughout the, throughout the Pacific and here to Aotearoa. So the tradition of tāmoko is ancient. And as I said, it comes before this land. It comes from a time long ago. And there's various patterns all across. What we have now is a, a very systematic way of doing our, our patterns, our, what we call our traditional tāmoko now. But in the past, they were quite varied. All parts of the body can be subject to pain, I mean to tattooing. And if you're going to ask, does it hurt? Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Take a pin and prick yourself. It hurts. Maximize that by a thousand times a minute. It hurts a lot. But under the conditions that we have now with the tattooist and the machinery and the technology that we have now, it hurts a lot less. 
Traditionally, it would have been with mallet and with tapped into the skin with uh, chisels and, and the like. Now we have these fantastic uh, technologies that allow for greater depth and quality of patterning. But it still hurts. The art of Taamoko was not for a particular ranking in our society. Anyone could have it. From the lowest of the low, from the slave class, all the way through to the adiki. The type of moko depended on your rank and status. If you were a slave, many of your, your tattooing might actually just symbolize that you're owned by someone. More or less a branding. Not a great thing, because once you've got it, you can't get rid of it. And so your moko stays with you for life. But moko itself, or the system of ta moko, was about rank and status, was about your birthright, where your family came from, your genealogy, your mother's side and your father's side. And it's not always symmetrical. Your mother might be of, of huge and noble rank, and dad might be a gardener. So you could have two completely different sides to your face. And amongst the tribes, and generically, uh, for those of you who are interested, facial designs and facial fields, your mother is always right. In other words, your mother's on the right side. That marks, you know, I, don't, I heard that once and I thought, yeah, okay, I'll buy into that. But it is, your female side is on the right and the male side is on the left. Uh, except if you come from Te Arua and Ngaitahu, and then it's the other way around. 